This is the Rays Radio Network. Swinging a pop fly shallow right, charging Margot. He is under it, and the Tampa Bay Rays have just won the American League pennant. For the second time in franchise history, the Rays are on their way to the World Series. Welcome to Countdown to Opening Day. There's a swing and a drive right center field. Back and it goes, bats to the wall. Get out of here. It's gone. Setting ninth home run this postseason for Randy Arozarena. Coming up, we sit down with Rays players, coaches, and front office executives to discuss the latest news in Rays baseball. Swing it a long drive, deep to left field. Going back is Gardner, all the way to the wall. It's gone! A home run for Mike Brasso. The Rays have taken a 2-1 lead and sweep justice in San Diego. Now to get you ready for opening day, here are the voices of the Rays. Welcome everyone to baseball season. It is the Rays 2021 campaign and this is our countdown to opening day radio show along with Dave Wills. I'm Andy Freed. Opening day coming up April the 1st against the Marlins. Of course, we'll have it all for you right here on your home of the Rays, 95.3 WDAE and 620 AM. And and uh, we've got things to talk about leading into the season, not the least of which being spring training. And Dave, of course, that is here. And uh, among our guests will be Eric Neander in just a couple of minutes. And the Rays made numerous moves this week. In fact, right before, uh, pretty much right before we started the show. Boy, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, we, we had, we kind of wait to the, the, the very end and I'm not sure that we're done yet. Um, Matter of fact, as we found out, Rich Hill is going to be a guy that's going to help bolster this pitching staff. And here's a guy that when he's healthy and when he's on the mound, uh, can be a little tricky to hit and has been able to get a lot of big outs in his career. But Akeel will be keeping him healthy. And I think, again, it's a very diversified kind of rotation and uh, pitching staff that it seems to be putting uh, together by Eric Neander and company. And uh, Rich is going to be kind of an intriguing uh, mix. John Curtis got traded to the uh, Florida or to the Miami Marlins for first baseman Evan Edwards, who's been playing in the minor leagues. It's going to be uh, interesting to see how that plays out. John was a, a kind of a real big surprise to this race team in 2020. But uh, in order to get something, you got to give up something. And speaking of that, then the Rays also traded uh, catcher Ronaldo Hernandez, which I think was a little bit of surprise. And we'll talk about that a little bit with Eric here in just a little bit. And the minor leaguer Nick Sogard for uh, Jeffrey Springs and Chris Mazza. Two other guys that if you just look at the initial numbers, Andy, you kind of uh, scratch your head. You're wondering why are the Rays giving up on such a young prospect in, her, in Ronaldo Hernandez? But I think, uh, as we all know, the Rays don't look at just the, the numbers that stick out at you, the win-loss record, the ERA, and so on and so forth. They take a look at a lot of under-the-hood numbers, and I think they're very, very intrigued by both of those guys. Again, as we talked about this before, it's not just a case where um, we're looking for five or six starters and then – eight or nine bullpen guys to put together a staff for the 2021 season. I get the feeling that we're going to be looking at a couple dozen, maybe even close to the three dozen pitchers by the time this is all said and done to try to get the 1400 and change outs you need for a regular season after playing just 60 games a year ago. So those were some of the moves that were made. We'll also talk a little bit later on. We'll give you some information about the new uh, raise season memberships that uh, are going to be uh, uh, available here now. A lot more flexibility with those, uh, getting away from the traditional season tickets for a year maybe, uh, depending on how it all goes, uh, because of the COVID-19 restrictions that will limit to how many people will be inside the ballpark. So uh, all this stuff kind of coming on our laps here as pitchers and catchers report down in Port Charlotte. And then just a few days from now, we'll have the uh, full squad down there for a little while 
And then a week from Sunday, I believe it is, is our first broadcast. So uh, it's coming at us fast and furious, whether we're ready for it or not. I think I'm ready. Oh, we're definitely ready. And later we'll talk to Tyler Glass now, too, about how everyone predicts the Rays and underestimates them every year. And look, I can understand. There's no Blake Snell. There's no Charlie Morton. But then the Rays are trying to be at that leading edge of figuring out how to best prepare for this year with regard to innings totals for pitchers. So much about baseball is one year leading into the next, whether it's you know 20% more in terms of innings pitched from the year before trying to keep guys healthy. But I think a lot of the moves we're seeing this week, even the Aaron Sleggers move to the Angels, it's about clearing roster space to try to make sure as they plan this thing, and no one knows exactly how to do it, but they're trying to be progressive in, in thinking about uh, just how many uh, spots there are to make sure that there's room for everybody. Yeah, you know, and, and obviously being kind of hamstrung during the offseason by the number of uh, pitchers that we had on uh, that are going to have to start the season on the 60-day out. All those guys, though, as we come to uh, spring training that starts today, can now be placed on the 60-day DL. There's a lot of uh, clerical stuff that uh, only really Neil knows for sure. But a lot of that stuff started today by being able to put a few of those guys on the 60-day DL, which opens up a few uh, roster spots, which allows us to go and bring in, you know, the pitchers like Mazza and Spring, Addis, Ad Hill, there's some rumblings about another former major league pitcher that would be able to add as well. So uh, there's going to be some maybe more maneuverings between it's all said and done. But, uh, it, you know, again, and Eric, I trust. I know in Eric, we trust and really looking forward to getting things going down in Port Charlotte. Indeed, uh, we absolutely are. And you really have to, if you look at the Rays underestimated last year, make it all the way to the World Series. And here we are in 2021 looking forward to the same thing. First broadcast is going to be February the 28th. Don't forget the Rays and the uh, Atlanta Braves. Uh, but now, as we prepare ourselves for 2021, we are joined by Ray's Senior Vice President and General Manager, Eric Neander, who makes all the moves. Quite a busy week, Eric, especially for uh, a team and a guy like you that had quite a short offseason. Not a lot of time to reflect and process 2020, that's, that's for sure. Um, a lot of time spent on preparing our club, the roster itself, for 2021, and then um, – just figuring out logistically how we're going to pull this off and just keep everybody safe and healthy and, and all the things that are, are paramount to, to making this go. But, uh, you know, that being said, you know, we're, we're here, you know, we're, we're starting to, to go now and it's real and um, it's in practice. It's not just in theory. And uh, that that's certainly exciting and energizing, but yeah, I don't, wherever 2020 stopped, I know there was a world series. I know we didn't come out in the wrong, the right side of it, but it, it's one big blur. Um, over the last 12 months, and we'll just keep pushing along here. Eric, what, when, you, when you think back to everything that went on during the 2020 season, with it being condensed to 60 games, no minor league season, we did make it to the World Series, so there were some growth moments, obviously, for a lot of guys, uh, even as it turned out to be in just an 80-game season where, you know, the younger players had to kind of, again, uh, get old quick. Uh, the guys who, like a Shane McClanahan, didn't even play a regular season game, went to the postseason. Yeah. You would hope that moments for him in the postseason now get him ready for 2021. Can you quantify, I guess my question is, can you quantify what 2020 did with regards to maybe the development of some of these young players and also maybe our window, if you will? I mean, yeah. this is a window that is going to be open for a little while, but did it maybe yeah. open the window a little further? Did it close it up a little bit? Can you quantify yeah. that? Yeah, look, you, the, the 90 wins in 18 – then the 2019 and the DS, you know, pushing Houston to brink. And then last year, the the success we had, I think 
the on-field progress is documented and, and notable and, and highly beneficial to all that, that have experienced that, both players and staff alike, and, and certainly I, I hope our fans as well. Um, you know, this, this is something that we, we fully intend to, to remain competitive and, and to do this for a while. You know, a lot of work, time, energy has gone into, and some good fortune has gone into to really strengthening our major league club to a point of this level of competitiveness and our farm system and what's underneath. And it takes both of those things um, to, to be operating at a really high level to have a chance uh, to, to maintain some level of sustained competitiveness. But we feel like we're very much um, in a place where we're, we're very capable of, of doing that. We've still got to play the games, but we're really proud and uh, excited about where we are competitively and where our talent base is and not just for this season, but looking out and beyond. And, and certainly I think 2020, it was a disruptive season. It was unlike any season that, that we've ever experienced and hopefully something that we don't experience anything quite like that again, but, but with it, you, you, you learn to really appreciate the game and, and all that it provides us and, um, that the perspective that comes from that for veteran players and young players alike is something that's powerful. And um, there's, there's a lot of opportunity that can come from an experience like that. And I hope it helps our players just continue to, to mature and for all of us to have the right perspective on just how important this game is to us and um, the, the limit opportunities we have to make the most of it that we do that. In light of what you're saying, you can understand people saying, well, then if the window's open, then how could they not get more? How could they trade? Yes. Blake Snell. The Morton thing was, I think, somewhat expected. The Snell thing may have been a little more unexpected because of three years left. That being said, is it safe to say that you, you were wowed or bowled over with what the Padres were offering? Because what I've been saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, the race certainly did not have to trade Blake Snell this offseason. No, that you're, you're right. And, and part of our approach, stepping back from the specifics of, um, of that you know, the Blake trade itself is like our, our belief that the best chance for us to win a world series is by having clubs year in, year out that are competitive and, and that are, that are, they continue to be dependent on young players ascending into to greater roles. And um, that has its moments that can be frustrating, but I can promise you on the other side, if we really push chips in and then we take three, four, five, six, seven years off, you know, to, to tear it down and to try to build it back up that, that has its fun moments and it has a lot of, a lot of moments that aren't nearly as enjoyable. And just, this is our belief in terms of what we have to do, um, you know, within our constraints and everyone has their constraints and their stresses, but we believe that sometimes these trades that in isolation, you know, for this club, you could say is a step back, but we hope that over the next several years, it allows us two steps forward. And um, you know, that's those types of moves are in our history. They've been there. And I think they've been a big reason for our competitiveness over time and the amount of games we've won and, um, like I said, we have a lot of confidence in the pieces we have underneath the pieces we got back in that deal. A couple of them, um, in particular here for 2021, that, uh, we're well positioned if everyone does their part to, to keep this thing rolling. You know, and we're visiting with Eric Neander, senior VP of baseball operations and general manager for the Rays on our countdown to opening day show with Andy Friedheim, Dave Wills. And, uh, you know, it, it, as a fan, it's easy to get caught up with saying, all right, well, we lost Charlie, we traded Blake. We got Michael Walker back. We brought back Chris Archer. We've added a few other uh, pieces. We're hearing about Rich Hill and maybe a couple of other guys who could be in the mix uh, once uh, spring training hits and, and gets going. And uh, I, I look at it as, and I was told there'd be no math, Eric, in this uh, when I wanted to become a broadcaster. But I, I've been looking at this number: one thousand four hundred fifty-eight innings. That's how many innings are in 
a regular season yeah. of 162 games with nine innings per game. I know some might be short because of double headers, but with that being said, I, I get the feeling that you guys as an organization, uh, it's about run prevention for us. And we're figuring out how to make the most of getting zero runs put up during 1,458 innings. And it was going to take more than just Snell and Morton. It's going to take more than just Waka and Archer. It's going to take uh, a pretty big effort from probably anywhere from about I don't know, maybe 25 to 30 pitchers by the time it's all said and done. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd take it. If you told me right now that's all we need, I think uh, <laughs> we'd, we'd sign up for it. Uh, yeah, no, I think for us, we've, we've leaned into, we've, we've embraced the uncertainty that, that comes with this, this season and, and the expectations of going back out to 162 games, but you know, potentially with disruptions. And while the doubleheaders shape some innings, they also put 14 innings on a, on a single day. So um, it just, uh, we, we, you know, look, we, we played 80 games last year. We were fortunate to play 80 last year. A lot of teams played 60 and we still saw a lot of pictures go down. And so to come into this year, I think it's important for us that um, we, we have strength in numbers, you know, with our group. And we have a lot of players that are more than happy, more than willing to do whatever is best for the team and, and are really bought into that type of mentality. And uh, we'll, we'll see where this thing goes, but you know, this is a staff that as it's built um, should be, should be flexible, should be adaptable to unexpected performances, both good and bad, and certainly health, um, which is something that for this season and to come back to 162 games, we felt was, was necessary and we're going to be competitive. Uh, we needed to have, we're going to miss on innings. We need to miss with too many innings available, not too few. Is the uncertainty more of, like you were saying, you don't know who could go down injury wise, but also a, a lost year developmentally uh, within the organization and within all organizations. Uh, there was, you know, you had the alternate sites, but I don't know how that really applies. How do you judge a player's development and how do you judge another player maybe from another organization that you might have interest in their development when the, everything was such a mess last year yeah yeah it 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 your words were spot on <laughs> and that, it's a question that we ask ourselves over and over again because at the major league level you're at risk for um overweighting and and interpreting the results from last year too much um in, in some of these samples and drawing too many storylines and narratives from them. At the same time, you have all these players that didn't even play a, you know, a championship season game that it's like, I don't know. I'm not sure which one's better <laughs> in terms of where they were. I think we'd, we'd all take the game certainly, but with it in these limited samples comes a risk for, for being tricked or being fooled in terms of what you think and where you think a player's at um, one way or the other. So, you know, for us, it's, it's, it's just having, I think, the appropriate amount of humility to just recognize those things, recognize that, look, we're all in the same boat. Every team's in the same boat. But to recognize the uncertainty that exists even more than what we would have normally um, from a performance and a health and physical standpoint and, and just try to do the best we can to be covered on all those fronts for, for what we don't see coming. Well, you know, and Eric, when we talked to you already a couple of times privately during this uh, offseason when we made a couple of those moves with – San Diego and with Texas and we'd come back and we'd say, well, you know, what do you know about this guy? Well, you know, you said 365 days ago or in 2019, we really liked him. Now the question is, is he going to be two years older or two years better? That's going to be so hard to quantify with some of these moves. And one of the moves you made too is uh, catcher Ronaldo Hernandez, a guy that, uh, you know, we've been hearing a lot about in the minors uh, about his offensive potential, still had some uh, room to grow defensively. You lose a season, 
I mean, that, that probably hurt him as much as anybody, but you move him to yeah. the Boston Red Sox for a couple more arms. As I said earlier, 25 to 30 pitchers, yeah. we, we just get, we, we need some depth in that, uh, that, that spot going into 2021. Yeah. Without, um, without, without question and, and, and wrote it, everything asked of him and, you know, made, made the most of the experiences that he had and the alternate sites and, you know, the taxi and so on. Um, and, you know, nothing, nothing against him by, by any means, but when, you know, the, with, with Maza Springs, these are two arms that that's safe to say we, we appreciate them and expect more of them than, you know, what their 2020 ERAs might, might indicate and, and the way that they fit our club. I think that's obvious. You make a trade like this for, for those, for those reasons. Um, and obviously the added benefit of two players that, that we believe are going to help our team over the course of 2021 and ideally beyond um, and where we are competitively given our needs to really bolster our arms. And like I said, if we're going to miss the mark here, it's got to be on too many innings, not too few. Uh, these are two talents that we think we can get a little more out of and are going to help us win a lot of games. And um, that's, that's what we're after right now. Eric, I always think of Joe Madden's uh, quote from so many years ago. He said, they shouldn't have called it baseball. They just should have called it pitching. Because that basically is what it's all about. And that's what we've talked about here. But in light of that, in our remaining moments, too, I want to touch on positionally, the Rays are still fairly set, right, from where they were last year. A couple of subtractions, Hunter Renfro maybe towards the top of the list. But uh, uh, the outfield seems to be having an overabundance of numbers, a full season of a Rosarena. And infield, it seems positionally, we're fairly set. Do you feel comfortable positionally for this team right now? And most of your concentration has gone towards the pitching side? Yeah, I think that's I think that's accurate. I think that's fair. Um, the position players that logged time last year that are that are returning, we have a lot of confidence in that group and how they all fit together and complement one another. And of course, the experiences that they had playing that deep in the postseason and all that. So um, that that's a group that, as they're built, we feel good about. Um, we played last year with 28 players, and with a team like ours, when you have all these different pieces that all kind of fit comfortably you know and, and compliment one another that that was a lot of fun but now we got to trim it down uh and go back to 26 and with the added sensitivities on the pitching side probably a little bit of a different mix in terms of what we need to get out of each roster spot but by and large that that group uh and, and what we have coming back we like them we're excited about them and, and believe that's a winning combination and, and again if you're talking in a situation where you get a couple of guys that can stay healthy and stay on the field i mean you're looking at austin meadows uh being a difference maker when he was on the field and when he was yeah. playing healthy, Yandi Diaz, uh, the same way, uh, Brandon Lau, uh, you know, Jiman uh, Choi. I mean, the list goes on. And a guy that uh, Kevin Kiermeyer brought up the other day that honestly, I kind of forgot about Yoshi Sutsugo, maybe a, a year more comfortable and now uh, not as uh, hurried and maybe uh, overwhelmed by everything that went on. So this offense could be uh, an interesting uh, piece of the puzzle going forward to maybe take a little pressure off of the pitching which would be nice. And Neil from uh, St. Pete, I got a letter here. Uh, Neil from St. Pete was wondering. Neil S. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wants to know about a guy named Wander Franco. Will we see Wander Franco in 2021? My, my default answer on that, that we've been asked a lot this, this winter is I hope so. You know, I, I think we're all rooting for that because if, if we do see him, um, that means he's doing everything that he needs to do developmentally, both on the field and you can't, I mean, just how young he is, how much the expectations that are on him at such a young age, you want to make sure that you're setting the person up for success and, and that when they come to the big leagues, that they're prepared for it and, and that 
all the other stresses and pressures that exist in these environments are are mitigated to the the most uh, the you know the, the, the maximum possible extent. So um, we hope so. The talent's there. The the potential is there. Um, I, I think his desire to to do this and and to make the most of his abilities is there. Uh, and, and we'll see how it goes. But as long as those things continue on the right track, which they have been, um, like I said, we hope so. <laughs> we see them this year. Eric, we appreciate the time very much. Uh, it was a short offseason, which is a good thing. Yeah. We hope for a short offseason next year. But we'll be talking to you, of course, throughout this year. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, now we're only even spring training. Let's get this thing going. All right. Thanks, guys. We're pumped. We're ready to go. Eric Neander, GM of the Rays, back in a moment on a countdown to opening day show on 95.3 WBA and 620 AM, your home of the Rays. Hi, I'm Kevin Cash. I may be the manager of the Rays, but I'm also a fan, big fan of the Crown Automotive Group. I've lived here all my life. Crown's dedication to our community, our children's education, feeding the needy, and to supporting my community. Our community is unwavering. That's why I'm a big Crown fan. With great Rays deals and Crown's great service, You'll be a big Crown fan too. Crown Automotive Group, the better way to buy and service. Official car and truck dealer of the Tampa Bay Rays. Swing and a pop fly shallow right. And he makes the catch. And the Tampa Bay Rays have just won the American League pennant. New season, new American League championship trophy. And a new Rays season membership offering flexibility, value, and priority access to tickets. Get exclusive benefits, plus the versatility to choose the games, seat locations, and number of tickets that best fit your schedule. The Rays are on their way to the World Series. Visit RaysBaseball.com slash season membership. Rays up. Welcome back to the Rays Radio Countdown to Opening Day Show with Andy Freed. I am Dave Wills. And remember, uh, we talked a little bit about this at the beginning, introducing the all-new Rays season memberships. See your American League champion Rays get priority access to tickets and the flexibility to choose the games and seats you want in the way that best fits your schedule. Memberships start at just around $500. more information, visit RaysBaseball.com slash season membership. That's RaysBaseball.com slash season membership raise up and andy uh, we want to thank uh, eric neander again for taking the time to join us in the first half of the show and uh, it's been a busy day for him uh, going last couple of days for him as we get ready for pitchers and catchers to report and show up at port charlotte here today and now we've got a guy who has shown up at port charlotte ready to go and pick up where he has left off over the last couple of years with the race always uh, intense always prepared and ready to go and that's tyler glass now and and Tyler, we were talking to Eric Neander about, in a sense, a shortened offseason because the Rays played so long and played so deep. Uh, how is this offseason in terms of your personal schedule, training, getting ready, as you always are? How is it different than uh, a normal offseason where you may not go to the World Series? Well, I guess it's obviously like another month or so off. But I think for me, in terms of like routine and whatnot, like um, – you, you kind of like find your routine and what you need to do in the off season. And I feel like every off season, I kind of feel like I'm ready to go earlier than when we have to start back up. So this season I felt good, which is like, I didn't have to wait around as long. It's kind of like summer vacation in school. Like you're, it's always super awesome. And then towards the end of it, you're like, all right, I'm ready to, I'm ready to go back. So, um, but as far as like preparation goes personally, I think it does. It's not like any different. I feel like I usually do when I come into spring. All right, so reflect on your 2020. Uh, you were able to get the ball every fifth, sixth day, whatever the case may be. 
Uh, I looked real quick. I think he threw about 80 innings uh, combined between the regular season and the postseason, maybe a little more than that. And uh, uh, you got the ball in game one of the World Series. You were, you were one of the guys on this pitching staff to get this team to the American League Championship and to game six of the World Series. So as you reflect back on 2020, what was your takeaway from the way that you pitched from the beginning to the end? Uh, I think overall it was a good growth year. I think it was like a year for me to kind of figure out what I needed to do in 19 to stay healthy and be consistent more on the mound. And as far as like understanding myself physically, I think it was another step forward. Um, I think like as of now, I feel like I'm the best pitcher I've been in a probably ever. I think it's just like the experience with a lot of the stuff I've found out physically and kind of incorporating it into like my routine. But um yeah, I mean, it, it feels feels good. <laughs> How about you mentioned growth individually? How about growth as a team? You know, in 2019, the Rays had a hard time getting past the Yankees, especially in New York. Last year, not only did the Rays dominate them during the regular season, and you were a big part of that, but then in the postseason as well. The Astros knocked you out in 19. Last year, able to knock them out. And then you get to the Dodgers and anything could happen in the World Series. As it turns out, the Rays didn't win the World Series, but what, how much growth did this team do uh, undergo in 2020? A lot. I think it's huge for us, just confidence-wise, like knowing how well we did last year. And um, we can honestly compete with anyone in the league, and we showed that last year. And I think 19 was a nice kind of like appetizer towards it, like going to the playoffs and just seeing how well we played. We ended up getting out of the first round, but I think in terms of like confidence and kind of we were all such a young team at that time, to know like, okay, we belong and like we're, we can compete with anybody. And then last year, it just kind of like reinforced that that same mentality so um, I think everyone now just everyone's just ready to go and I think it's more of a we just kind of not like we expect to go to the playoffs but I think we're all just like that's everyone's mindset right now is like that's our goal this year for sure to like go Race, back to Pete and obviously try to win a world series <clears throat> race pitcher Tyler Glass now joining us here in our countdown to opening day show again with Andy Freed I'm Dave Wills and you know Tyler talking about that though again it's another typical raise off season uh where uh, there's been some change. Uh, Blake Snell, no longer here. Charlie Morton, no longer here. You bring in Michael Waka, Chris Archer, a guy you were traded for, now going to be a teammate. Uh, and then all kinds of other names being bantered about here over the last couple of days. And, uh, uh, you know, again, Charlie, Blake, I mean, pitching staffs are really, really usually a pretty tight-knit group. So what was yeah. your initial reaction when you saw both Charlie and Blake moving out? I mean, the soft season? yeah it sucks to start for sure. Like, you know, you don't want to see it, but I think knowing like, that's just kind of the business of the game. Like if you were to expect the same team year in and year out, like you're kind of just lying to yourself. So I think everybody was like prepared for change. I think to just the market size and like, that's kind of what has happened in the past. And obviously nobody wants to see people go. And especially two guys that are so cool um, on the field and off uh, just good clubhouse guys. Like it, it sucks, but I think now you kind of have to just turn the page and obviously remember everything and, and like it was such a good time to be with everybody, but now it's kind of moving on 2020, um, 21, right? Yeah, 2021. Uh, but now, I mean, we got the new team. I, I've met all the new pitchers and everything, and I, I know we're gonna we're gonna mesh this year. And um, I just got done talking to Archer for a long time. He seems like a really good guy, really articulate, knows what he's doing. And we got like a we got a pretty pretty good starting staff this year. So I think it's a testament too to the front office and the moves they make. Um, but I'm really confident going into this year, for sure. I think the whole entire team is. How does it change your role, Tyler? You know, when, when people would look at the rates from the outside, they would think of you and Charlie and Blake as 
as uh, the, the top three starters in the group. And that was, you know, echoed by your placement in, in order in, uh, in postseason. You guys would pitch the biggest of the big games. You came back on short rest, in fact, in game five in the division series and pitched great. How does it change your role now? And, uh, you know, especially with the loss, say, of Charlie, who everyone would look to because he's so experienced. Well, now you have a pretty good amount of that experience. Does the absence of those two guys and the influx of some newer guys change your role in the way you, you kind of look at things? No, I think I've always kind of given the cliche answer of like, I kind of just take it one day at a time. But like in the terms of like lining up in terms of like what number you are in a rotation or anything like that, like you really can only control like what you can control. And I think like I've had the same routine for the last couple of years. Like I really come into my own like physical and mental routine. And it's just like, no matter really who's pitching on the team, like you really have to stay in your lane and do what you got to do. And like, you know, that those guys are working hard and take caring or taking care of what they need to take care of. And it's your duty to the team to just kind of work hard and take care of what you need to take care of. Um, and then everyone kind of just goes and works hard and all the stars align and the year ends up being what the year is. So, but for it, it honestly doesn't change like this year to last year, it's all, it's all the same other than like things, you know, you need to work on and like some usage and like things you can improve on, like on the field stuff. But as far as everything off and all the other stuff that goes with it, it's all, all the same. All right. So Tyler, with that being said, then as you look ahead to 2021, is there something that, as you look back on 2020, as you look uh, ahead to 2021, is there something that you'd like to adjust to your repertoire? Is there something to just kind of uh, maybe fine tune a couple of things? Uh, is there a key component that you think can take you? I don't know. Is there another level to Tyler Glasnow's game? I mean, as you look ahead, what are some of the things you'll be focusing on this spring to get ready for 2021? I think for me, the biggest thing the last couple of years has been like physical consistency in terms of like my mechanics. And I think really it's been like the last year or so I have uh, really kind of started to like really come into myself physically in terms of like consistent mechanics and stuff. And I feel like for so many years, I was just kind of like limbs and bones and like trying to organize everything. And I think it's getting a lot easier year by year. And me and uh, Snyder have been working on a slider, just something else I can throw in there for a strike. Um, but I'm confident in, in like the work I put in the off season and I've been working with Kyle actually before this. So um, I'm just going to use spring obviously as like kind of a time to like work on that third pitch and just try to like stay as consistent as I can physically and keep doing my routine physically off the field. That will help me on the field. Do you think having a tall, I know, I know this has been brought up in the past, but do you think having a former pitcher as your pitching coach, who was probably a lot of bones and limbs when he was pitching, has that assisted you? Has that been a helpful uh, guide to have a guy who maybe knows a little bit about what you might be going through. Uh, yeah. But I also think like if Kyle was like five feet, like, or like four, eight, he would still be really good pitching coach. <laughs> I think so much of it is he understands it from like so many different angles, like the analytical angle and the data driven angle. Like he gets that better than most people. Uh, and then like the physical angle and the, just the amount of feel he has is really impressive. And I think it's just, he's helped me so much. Like and so much of it too is like, like stuff that's like a and b kind of like this is what you need to work on but a lot of it too is just like the person he is and i think so much of a good pitching coach is you're basically just like a a friend like therapist type like you go through so much in the course of a season where like you mm -hmm. want somebody you trust um and somebody you can you know what i mean like you just you want a guy that you can talk to and i really consider kyle like a really good friend of mine obviously like a pitching coach but i, I consider him like a really good friend as well so it just makes it easier in the course of 162 plus games a year to like have a friend there and then somebody that you can put all of your trust in. I know he knows like how I work and I know he knows how to coach me really well. So it's really just, sometimes it's kind of like, like autopilot in a sense. We just, we mesh really well together. 
I'm picturing a four eight Kyle Snyder, what yeah. that would look like. That would just be yeah. uh, <laughs> you know what coming out to the mound to talk uh, to him. <laughs> exactly. Tyler, one word that you said last year uh, fairly often um, that I've been wanting to ask you about is you said you wanted on the mound, you wanted to feel athletic. Uh, yeah. That there are, t- you know, you, is that like the anti of thinking of I'm, I'm elbows and bones and knees? It, it, what does that mean to you? Uh, it sounds good, but what does that mean? What, what does that put your brain into when you're out there going, I need to feel athletic out here? Yeah, I think the cliche like with baseball is so much like, I just had been like, because I always had trouble throwing strikes even growing up because it was so long limbed. And like, I, you get so many people to reinforce like mechanical adjustments in your brain. And like, you start to separate from like, you have like a competition mindset and like a preparation mindset. And when you have your practice mindset, you can kind of think about the small things and where you're, everything's lining up. And then the, and then the competition mindset, you need to just trust the things you worked on and go out there and be athletic, go out there and like, you're playing basketball. And I think that's something that's like relatively new in baseball for me anyway. Like it's always just been about like nailing these certain positions and doing that. And I think it took me out of my like athletic competition mindset. Like if I'm sitting there thinking about where my toe is and my arm is like, I'm, I'm not going to be in a good spot. And some days like you're not going to feel good. And then trying to make like mechanical adjustments, you should be like, all right, today is just a day. I don't feel that great. I need to out just I need to go out and be athletic and go out and compete and like try to just get hitters out as opposed to like trying to feel perfect and everything like that. So it's been a, a transition that I've made probably the last, like, honestly, right when I got traded over to the Rays, I think I felt it a little bit with the pirates, but like kind of having that new change of scenery and like really like putting my confidence into that mindset about being more athletic as opposed to being more like cerebral uh, mm-hmm. has helped me. And Kyle has really enforced a lot of that into me too. And I think, it's probably something that he's had to deal with even when he was a player. And it's just, I think the best pitchers in the game are the people that aren't out there like thinking about their mechanics. They do what they need to do off the field. And then once they get on to compete, they're just ready to go out and win. All right. So this team seems to be ready to go out and win. They've done so over the last few years, they've gone from 90 wins to 96. To last year we won two out of every three games we played during the regular season and then went to the world series. You know, here we are now getting ready for 2021. And some of the pundits are saying, yeah, they're about a 500 team or maybe 85 wins and no battle for a wild card. All right. Maybe it's just me and Andy and the rest of us fans who, who get caught up in all that and get all ticked off that the Rays are being disrespected, so to speak. From a player's standpoint, what's your take when you read some of that stuff and, and you see that, all right, it's the Yankees division again, the Rays will battle for a wild card. Maybe is that, does that fire you up or is that just white noise to you guys? To be perfectly honest, I don't even read that stuff. <laughs> like, I don't care. <laughs> I really don't. Like, I think it's just people aren't doing it to be, like, malicious or they're not doing it, like, personal. They're just – that's how they think. I think they're wrong, but, like, I don't really – that's whatever. Like, honestly, like, we have to go out and play. It doesn't really matter what people think before the season. Like, we got to go out and, and win. I know the confidence I have in this team and, like, what we've shown the last couple of years. And um, But I don't know. I guess it's, like, normal – spot to be in if you're a Ray like every year I've been on this team it's been like they're not gonna be very good and then we end up being good so um yeah I, I mean I don't know it is what it is I don't I don't know I think us maybe not being at the top and having like big market teams on the top maybe it's better for like fan exposure who knows why they're doing it but like we clearly have a good team I don't know how we line up in terms of like what what all the the professional like I don't know. Whoever, yeah. whoever, yeah, the whoever yeah. makes that stuff. I don't know where we line up, but I know that we're going to be good. So that's all I've really, I haven't really read a lot of articles or anything. Love when they underestimate the Rays. That's one of my favorite <laughs> positions to be in. Tyler, thank yeah, you so I much. Yeah, I think so for, too. Yeah. Yeah. We appreciate it very much. Yeah. Glad you're in great shape, ready to go, and uh, welcome to the new season.
Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me on. That is Tyler Glass now. And again, and you're following the Rays on social media yet, check out the Rays on all your favorite social media apps, including Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and even TikTok. Don't miss out. Follow the Rays social media accounts today. Hashtag Rays up. we got a couple of minutes to talk uh, about some of the other goings on and uh, our first spring broadcast. And uh, it all starts next week, not this coming weekend, but next weekend. We'll preview it when we come back and wrap it up on this week's edition of the Countdown to Opening Day show on your home for Rays Baseball 95.3 WDAE and AM620. Introducing the, I don't know, what do you want for dinner? Meal from Outback Steakhouse. It's a delicious platter of whatever you choose off Outback's menu because you can get all your Outback favourites delivered straight to your door. Favourites like the, I don't feel like cooking. Meal on the, I had a really long day and there's nothing in the fridge that's getting me excited. Meal. So order now at Outback.com. Your dinner tonight, or every night, is just a few clicks away. Outback Steakhouse. Swing and a long drive, deep to left field, all the way to the wall, it's gone! The Rays have taken a 2-1 lead. Rays insiders know all the info, players' stats, stories about the team, and especially ticket details. Sign up for the Rays Insider email newsletter today and get weekly email blasts to keep you posted on all the latest Rays news, player features, ticket deals, and more. For more information, visit RaysBaseball.com slash newsletter. Rays up. And wrapping up our countdown to opening day radio show, a reminder that the Rays team store at Tropicana Field has the gear you need to show off all of your team pride. Contactless curbside pickup and shipping options are now available. Represent your Rays as they prepare to defend an American League championship. Visit RaysBaseball.com slash team store to view hours and details. Rays up. Dave, we often hear underestimate the Rays at your own peril. And that sounded to me a lot of what Tyler Glass now was uh, saying that he does not care in the least nor do his teammates how people are predicting the American League champion Rays are going to do in 2021. Yeah, you know, again, we get so focused on it. I know that, uh, you know, even going back to 2008 when it was about the first time where uh, some of those pundits had predicted that the Rays would be a team that could maybe win more games than they lose for the first time ever, that was nice to see. And, uh, you know, again, I know both you and I have difference of opinions. I don't mind the high expectations. As a matter of fact, I like to embrace them. I think it gets the fandom uh, all uh, fired up now. Does that uh, set you up maybe for a bigger fall at the end of the day if you don't live up to them? Maybe. But, uh, you know, I think back to a year ago at this time, we had very, very high expectations for a a Rays team that was coming off a five-game series against the Houston Astros. And uh, this team lived up to those expectations by winning two out of every three games during the regular season and get to within a game and a half of uh, winning the World Series. So, uh, you know, can you improve on that? Well, yeah, you can either – make it to the seventh game of the World Series, but you can also win it all. But that's putting the cart before the horse. Uh, this team, uh, I've been impressed with the way that uh, Eric uh, Neander has been able to kind of, kind of uh, you know, weave his way through this offseason. As I've said many, many times before, we have to, and this is, they're not a corporate sponsor, although they probably should be. Uh, we have to wait until everybody's done shopping at Nordstrom's, and then what's left over goes to Nordstrom's rack. And uh, we usually find some real, real good deals there. And boy, I'll tell you, just ask Mark Topkin. You can find a couple of nice pairs of shoes or even some nice shirts there. So I, I think uh, I'm intrigued by uh, everything. I, uh, we didn't talk about it a lot in last week's show, but I'm very intrigued by the possibility of what Chris Archer can bring to the table. I'm also, uh, you know, listening to Tyler, Andy, he said all the right things. 
I think, you know, the Rays and their fans are expecting him to maybe assume the, the ace uh, position. Is he going to be our opening day starter? We didn't even bring that up to him. But I really, really like all the things that he said. And uh, I, I think Tyler and, and, and is going to be fine as long as he can stay healthy. And I think health is going to be a big, big part of the Rays' success as it always is. We've been dinged up a little bit in the last couple of years and still had success. But, boy, it would be nice to play a season where we didn't have to worry about guys getting all beat up. So true. And, Dave, you and I will speak again on February the 28th for the first spring training game. And the next, I guess we'll call it This Week in Rays Baseball with Neil Solons will be at 1230 right before the 1 o'clock broadcast on February 28th. Rays and Braves, Dave, it is here. We are ready to talk baseball now. And let's hope we go through October and end up with one of those big fancy rings on everybody's finger. That'd be nice. Yep. I know we're getting a new one, uh, but not quite the size that we were hoping for. Uh, so we still have room for improvement. <laughs> we sure do. That's Dave and I'm Andy. And uh, many thanks as well to Larry McCabe, our senior director of broadcasting and Chris Miller, who puts all of this stuff together. Thanks as well to John Mamola back in our studios at WDAE, who also does a terrific job. And the Neil Solons, of course, once again, next broadcast, first broadcast, February 28th, as the Rays take on the Atlanta Braves, who are also supposed to be pretty darn good, one would think, here in this 2021 season. This Week in Rays Baseball, starring Neil Solons at 1230 and then 1 o'clock on Sunday, February the 28th. And again, opening day, April 1st, Rays and Marlins right around the corner. For Dave Wills, I'm Andy Freed. We thank you for joining us on Countdown to Opening Day on 95.3 WDAE and 6.20 a.m. You're home of the Rays. Thank you for listening to Countdown to Opening Day. Swing line drive, right center. It's a base hit. Kiermaier around third. He scores the tying run. If you missed any of the show, download it at RaysBaseball.com slash radio. And now they got a call between third and home. The ball gets away. In the score, Rosarena. The Rays have won. Opening Day will be here before you know it. They're trying to catch him in the outfield, and they can't. That has got to be one of the most unlikely endings to a World Series game in the history of baseball. The Rays have won it 8-7 on a base hit by Phillips. For ticket information, visit RaysBaseball.com.